Welcome to the Soft Life with Sadie Baddies. Sadie Baddies is the antidote to mental health stigma, and this podcast is hosted by yours truly, Priscilla O. Adjman. We are a virtual sanctuary centering Black and multiracial people, and we prioritize the mental and emotional nourishment that is the foundation of collective healing in our communities. Thank you for being here. Happy Valentine's Day, baddies. Welcome back to the Soft Life. I hope that you're having a very lovely and chill Valentine's Day. Whether you're deciding to spend that with your friends, with your family, with your dog, with your man, with your boot bang, whoever, I hope that you appreciate and treat this holiday just like it is. It's another holiday in the calendar, and I hope that today brings you love and all of the affection that you need. So last week, we had two episodes for you. We had our weekly episode on creative integrity, comparison, and clout chasing. And then we had an amazing bonus episode for my friends over at Black Girl Flow podcast. They are awesome, live in Lex. Um, if you have not checked out that episode, we did a podcast swap essentially. So we shared an episode on their channel. Um, we shared our Lucky Girl Syndrome episode, which y'all also love. That has gotten the most downloads of any episode <laughs> of the show so far. So clearly you guys love the Lucky Girl Syndrome um, topic in that episode. And also uh, Liv and Lex shared an episode on protecting your peace and setting boundaries and healthy boundaries. That is such a great episode as well. So if you haven't checked out both, definitely give them a listen this week. Um, so this week's topic is all about love languages in honor of Valentine's Day. And I wanted to talk about this regardless, but it just ha- so happens to fall on the perfect day to talk about love. So a couple years ago, I shared a topic on love languages on our Instagram page, and we kind of had a mini viral moment. Um, We got a lot of people that were sharing and DMing us, and we, we also included a quiz in that post of which love language are you? Um, So we're going to do the same thing. We're going to have a quiz of the love languages and I think it's super fun. It's a good way to kind of get to know yourself better. Obviously, it's not diagnostic of anything. We're not mental health, licensed mental health professionals. So it comes with a more conversational approach. However, I do think that it helps to inform us emotionally of what our needs are in our relationships. So this topic in particular of love languages is going to be centered around not just the love languages between two romantic partners, but it's going to be about how we can provide our love languages to ourselves as well as to loved ones. So your friends, your family, your chosen family. Um, So it's not only going to focus on romantic partnerships. So let's dive in to love languages. So the term love language was technically adopted by author Gary Chapman, Dr. Gary Chapman, in his 1992 bestseller, The Five Love Languages. After Dr. Chapman was counseling many couples in crisis, he developed a term to describe how partners receive love. According to Chapman, he says, it became apparent to me that what makes one person feel loved isn't always the same for their spouse or partner. He says, 
I discovered every person understands and receives love in a specific language, one of five to be precise. The other four are just as important and offer other ways to express love to each other. Also want to mention that when he wrote this book, that was 30 years ago. And a lot has changed since then. There's actually been discovered to be a sixth love language, which is pretty recent. And we'll get into that soon. So understanding what your love language is, is can provide some more understanding, some quality and some clarity and closeness between you and your partners. And also studies show that your healthy relationships, whether it's platonic, romantic, familial or social, are really essential to our mental health and well-being. We all know that relationships are proven to make us live longer. There is actually a study, the longest human study um, shows that research confirms that social relationships and deep, meaningful relationships are the most important aspect of our well-being, more than what we eat, more than where we live, more than anything. And actually having no social relationships or no deep connections in our lives can take years off of our lives, so much so that it can take as many years off our lives as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, which is crazy. So needless to say, relationships are very important. And again, I want to remind you, this does not only mean romantic relationships. This goes for platonic, familial, social, and of course, the relationship you have with yourself. So knowing your love language can potentially improve the connections we share with others and help us build healthier dynamics throughout our lives. And I always say when you find someone who speaks your love language, you don't have to stay lost in translation your whole life. So let's talk about the six main love languages. So the first one is words of affirmation. The second one is quality time. The third one is receiving gifts. Fourth one is acts of service. The fifth one is physical touch. And the sixth one is feeling known. So I'm going to take each love language, kind of break it down, what they mean, examples of them and how you can incorporate this in your life, whether it's to yourself, your loved ones or your lovers. Okay, so let's start with words of affirmation. I think a lot of us are already aware of what this means, but for those who are not familiar, words of affirmation, if your love language is words of affirmation, this means that you receive love from your partners verbally. People with this love language rely on actual language from their partners to feel loved, reassured, appreciated. And when I say partners, I'm not only speaking about romantic partners, I'm talking about anyone you have this kind of exchange with in a relationship, whether it's someone in your family or a close friend. But for context and typically the way love languages are explained and, and spoken about, it is in the framework of partners. So some examples of words of affirmation is someone saying to you, I love you. I'm proud of you. You make me so happy. Thank you. I appreciate you. And my personal favorite is, what do you want to eat? To me, that is words of affirmation because who doesn't love to eat? And when someone asks you what you want to eat, that's like a sign they love you. <laughs> so this might also include your partner writing you a thoughtful letter, calling you instead of texting you or sharing your sharing their feelings through words. I also find that words of affirmation is something that we 
really seek out when we are younger. We want that validation, that verbal validation from our parents. And our parents are our first caregivers in our lives or our first guardians. So having words of affirmation can really make us feel loved and appreciated versus doing other other things that could make someone feel loved and appreciated. So let's talk about ways that you can apply words of affirmation and to yourself. So your the first way that you can do this is by literally writing out affirmations every day. I've talked about affirmations. Um, I use affirmations still to this day, but especially in early on in my healing journey, affirmations were it was a way for me to get myself out of a deep, dark space. And I also think that affirmations is a way to speak to yourself kindly and look at yourself with kind eyes. Another way to use words of affirmation with yourself is to speak highly of yourself. One thing I I don't take for granted is, or I don't take lightly, is when people have really self-deprecating humor. And I know that that is the norm. I know that's like the common thing to do, especially on social media is to, you know, speak poorly of yourself and kind of poke fun at yourself. But truly, if you love yourself, you don't let anyone talk badly of you, even if it is yourself. So you don't make yourself the butt of the joke. You don't make yourself look like a laughing stock to other people and you respect yourself. So this also means, you know, um, trying to work through negative self-talk. And I know that's easier said than done. I deal with negative self-talk all the time. However, switching the language that you use and trying to affirm yourself rather than break yourself down is one way to practice words of affirmation in your love language. Another way you can share this with a partner or a loved one is by affirming them. And if there's someone in your life who you know has words of affirmation as as their love language, make it make an effort to remind them how loved they are. And even if you have to say it more than once, that reassurance is their love language. That that appreciation is their love language. So again, when you're sharing your love language with someone, it's not necessarily for you, it's for them. So if you have a partner and they love when you um, you know, validate them verbally or you speak out loud how you feel about them, why not do that regularly? Because instead of holding back and not giving that them that reassurance, you can alleviate so much worries and so much apprehension that they have by just affirming them with their love, their love language. And of course, you can do this with your friends. I think sometimes it's easier to do this with our friends and tell them how much we love them. I know for me, I'm one of those friends that I will always, always, always tell you that I love you. I will sometimes even randomly tell you like, hey, I was thinking of you, just reminding you I love you. Um, I'm big on words of affirmation and I love sharing words of affirmation to the people around me um, in my life. Okay, let's talk about the next love language, which is happens to be one of my favorites. I would say my top two. Um, So quality time. Quality time is my personal favorite love language. And if your love language is quality time, this means that you receive love from your partner by spending intentional quality time with them. People with this love language rely on undivided 
keyword undivided, (laughs) undivided attention from their partners to feel loved, reassured, appreciated, and more. And some examples of quality time can be you or your partner giving you an hour of undivided attention every day. Maybe an hour is a lot for some people. Maybe it's half an hour, 15 minutes, whatever floats your boat. But having intentional, undivided attention every day is huge for people who love quality time as their love language. And what does that mean? Undivided attention, essentially putting your phones away, looking each other in the eyes, um, being present in the moment. um, That's undivided attention. Another way that you can do this is to put your phone away while sharing a meal with someone you love. Um, In the world where we are always on our phones 24-7, the minute we wake up to the minute we go to sleep, it's really hard sometimes to put our phones away and be present with our partners or our loved ones. But putting your phone away, while, especially while sharing a meal, is one way to feel that quality time with the person you love. Another way of expressing or sharing quality time is planning a fun date together or creating something new together, uh, whether that's having a date night every weekend or having something planned in advance. That in general is a great way to express and have quality time with someone you love. And of course, carving time out for intimacy, whether that's you saying, hey, babe, let's do, you know, let's have a night, a romantic night to ourselves and like really spending time together intentionally without distractions and having that intimate time with your partner. Um, Those are all ways to have quality time with someone that you love. And of course, with yourself, it's funny because even though we are with ourselves 24-7 and we're always with ourselves, and we, we take ourselves wherever we go, right? There's a difference between spending quality time with yourself and just kind of going through the motions, being on autopilot. One thing that I've learned is that when I create quality time with myself, it, again, is that undivided attention. So that could be me simply, uh, you know, taking a walk outside without distractions. It could be me um, taking care of myself, doing self-care rituals. It could be me reading a book or whatever it is, just spending quality time with yourself and enjoying your own presence, enjoying your own company. And this can also be you taking yourself out on a date. I think dating yourself is so important, especially if you are going through a transitional or a liminal space (laughs) um, in your life and deepening your connection and understanding to yourself is only going to help you to be even more self-aware. I attribute a lot of my self-awareness to a period of time in my life uh, before I met my my current partner and my man. Um, I spent at least six months or so dating myself. I truly just hyper-focused on myself. I would take myself out to dinner. I would take myself out to lunch. I would go to the museum alone, the movies. I loved going to the movies alone. Um, I would just do anything I would do normally with the partner. I would just do it by myself. And it really built a lot of confidence for me um, as a woman, as a young woman at the time. And I really encourage anyone who is going through a period of their life where they are feeling maybe 
alone or they want to deepen their connection with themselves is to make dating yourself fun. Um, and there's lots of ways to do this depending on who you are, what you like, what you don't like. And I think we all know how to spend quality time with our family and our friends and especially during times like the holidays or periods of time where we're spending a lot of time with our family. Sometimes it can be overwhelming to be around them for four or five, six days in a row, but trying to be as intentional as possible and appreciating the time you do have with them because we're not going to get any of that time back. And it's really reflective to it's it's a reflective moment to be present with the people that you love and that love you so the next love language is receiving gifts and if your love language is receiving gifts this means that you're that you receive love from your partners when they give you something thoughtful and meaningful this love language can easily be misunderstood as being frivolous or materialistic but that's not true. And people that connect with this love language will mostly agree it's the thoughtfulness of the gift. It's not the actual gift itself. And the thoughtfulness of the gift is what communicates to them that love from their partner. So it can be something big or small, but some examples of receiving gifts as a love language is being surprised with your favorite snack or treat, um, someone planning a surprise party for you, so although that's not maybe a ta- like a tangible gift, like an item or a product, the whole thought of putting together an entire party or surprise party for someone, that is a gift in itself. Sending flowers to your job or your home just because, especially if it's just because, because when it's expected, it's still nice. But when it's unexpected, it feels that much more special. Um, Because again, that thoughtfulness is what makes it feel more like intentional. And uh, another gift, uh, example of receiving gifts is somebody planning a weekend getaway for you or for your birthday, for another celebration. And just remembering that it's not always about the price of an item or an experience. It's more about the intention and the effort behind that gift. Of course, you can never buy someone's love, but you can show them how you can appreciate them through thoughtful gifts. One way that I think this is my love language of my my love language outwardly, meaning what I like to do with other people and people in my life is give them gifts. So although I, I think receiving gifts is up there for me, but it's not my number one love language in my opinion, for myself. I love, though, to give other people gifts. I love to get them a gift that I know they'll really like, especially if it's a friend's birthday. I will try my best to get you something that will symbolize, you know, okay, this new chapter in your life or just to celebrate them. And it could be, again, big or small. It doesn't need to be this whole big expensive thing it could be flowers it could be their favorite candle it could be something with their name on it whatever it is um and I think giving yourself gifts is important every single you know whether it's every time you get paid whether it's once a month whether it's whenever you can giving yourself things that are meaningful to you is one way to one very simple way to um share your love language and then 
giving gifts to your family and your loved ones, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. Those those are things that people appreciate most of the time. I don't know too many people who are like, I hate gifts. Don't give me anything. <laughs> I think most people are pretty open and receptive to receiving gifts. So that is, I think, a love language that does get misunderstood a lot, um, especially because if someone is really outspoken and and honest and upfront about, hey, this is my love language. This is what I want. I like receiving gifts. Sometimes people can feel like, oh, well, you're just materialistic. And it's that's not the case. If that's somebody's love language, that's what it is. So finding someone who is not only understanding of your love language, but also willing is important because you what you don't want to happen is have a partner that say you're you're love language is receiving gifts and their love language is quality time. Not saying that the two can't coexist because they definitely can. But if your partner only wants to spend time with you, but doesn't ever get you anything, doesn't ever get you a gift for your birthday or anything like that, it can really make you feel unloved. Uh, But to them, they're like, well, I'm here. I'm spending time with you. Isn't that enough? So when it comes to dating and, and romantic partnerships, my my input is always like to find someone and identify what their love languages are versus them trying to make their love languages and project them onto you and vice versa. And, you know, like if you're a lover girl, get with the lover boys. If you're <laughs> if you love having affection and and being spoiled and and do all the and have all those things find someone that can do that for you and with you and vice versa okay so acts of service is the next love 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 language and if your love language is acts of service this means that you receive love from your partners when they do something thoughtful or helpful for you especially without asking that's key (laughs) without asking People with this love language rely on actions from their partners to feel loved, reassured, and appreciated. So some examples of acts of service can be someone helping you clean or tidy up, uh, someone making a meal for you, someone assisting you with errands, someone helping you organize and plan for a busy weekend, and someone taking care of you when you're feeling ill. I think for someone who also has trouble asking for help, uh, AKA firstborn, <laughs> firstborn people of, especially of immigrant parents, um, or just people in general who like to do everything themselves. It can be mis misunderstanding that they want acts of service. Almost everyone I know that has acts of service as their love language is the person who does everything. They're the person that's organizing everything for anyone, for everyone. They're the person that's planning everything. They're the person that is your go-to, reliable, responsible person in your life, Um, aka Virgos, just kidding. Um, But I think that acts of service is something that's really under overlooked as far as a love language goes, because it's really just sharing. It's being thoughtful, but with action behind it, instead of giving somebody a gift who this is their love language, it's actually doing something for them, maybe doing a task for them that they've been putting off or just being aware enough to know, hey, this person looks like they need help. Let me help them out. Um, When you help your partner, 
especially with even mundane tasks like grocery shopping or laundry or cleaning. It can just show them that you're considerate and you you value their time as much you, as you value your own time. So sharing responsibilities is essential for a balanced relationship, especially if or when partners decide to share a space together long term. So sharing these responsibilities is not only part of the relationship, is part of the it's part of the reliability of the relationship in order to have it to continue to grow and to thrive. Um, and I think acts of service is the most underrated love language, in my opinion, because it's it comes off as very simple and mundane, like, oh, washing the dishes or making a meal. But that truly for somebody who's overwhelmed or has a lot on their plate, that can mean the world to them. So Definitely don't underestimate doing acts of service for people that you love. So the next love language is physical touch. And I think this is pretty obvious, but (laughs) if your love language is physical touch, this means that you receive love from your partners physically. People with this love language rely on nonverbal affirmations from their partners to feel loved, reassured, and appreciated. So some examples of physical touch of a, as a love language could be holding hands with your partner, um, kissing them, giving them gentle back rubs or massages, even hugging them, touching their arm or shoulder or their, any part of their body kind of gently or even absentmindedly while they're spending time with you. So if your partner likes having like their back rubbed or their shoulder, whatever it is. Um, and then of course, sexual intimacy is, part of the scope of physical touch as a love language. And I think this is one of the most direct ways to communicate emotions to your partner. And it's really about affection. It's giving your partner affection and and them receiving affection from you. And some some people are really touchy feely. Some people are really into, you know, all the forms of intimacy, the physical forms of intimacy. And then some people are not, and that's okay. You have to, again, remember whatever floats your boat, everyone's different. And it's not wrong to have this as your love language. There's nothing wrong with you if you desire or need physical touch as your love language. Um, I just want to make that clear because I do think sometimes there can be a stigma um, when it comes to people having this love language and there's nothing wrong with it. It's also important to remember that physical touch, even if it's in a relationship, it should still be consensual. Um, and when I say that, I mean, even if you've been with your partner for a very long time or you're just dating someone and it's still early in the phase of dating, you should still, it should still feel, and it should still be consent consensual. So nobody should be forcing you to do anything you don't want to do And you have every right to verbalize your boundaries and your comfort level, especially when it comes to sexual intimacy or any other form of affection Um, and not being guilt tripped if you don't feel like being intimate with your partner at the time. I think communicating obviously is going to help you have a lot of clarity, but just communicating what you need and what your boundaries are. And respecting your your partner's boundaries is huge. Okay. And then the last love language is 
feeling known. And this is the new, the newest love language that's been kind of discovered um, recently. And feeling known and this love language of feeling known, this means that you feel most loved when someone pays attention to the little things about you, your habits, your likes, your dislikes, and remembering all the tiny little details that maybe you've mentioned in passing, but that is what makes you feel most loved. When I found out that this was the sixth love language, I was like, wow, this makes so much sense. I think a lot of people love this love language, but me in particular, this combined with quality time, this is like my sweet spot. This is my like literally chef's kiss of feeling loved and feeling appreciated. And some ways to do this is um, to remember your Starbucks, someone remembering your Starbucks order by heart. Someone sending you something and saying, whether it's a DM or a meme or something or a text and saying, this made me think of you. Someone knowing your favorite foods, colors, movies, etc. offhand without you having to remind them. Um, someone being able to describe you and your personality with ease. And um, someone just knowing who you are as a person, like really deeply knowing who you are without you having to over explain, without you having to perform. And this, this love language is such a, I think this takes time to develop this, this love language. You can't really know someone just within the first couple of weeks of meeting them. You really have to spend time with them. So this, this love language is, is also considered almost a combination of all the love languages. However, I think it's still a little bit different because it's the attention that makes it feel so special and the attention to detail. Having this love language means that someone really cares about you and knows you as a person, knows your flaws, knows your the beautiful things about you, and it allows you to show up fully as yourself without performing, without hiding, and I think this is such a beautiful love language. It's definitely one of my favorites in my top two. So I hope that this covers all of the the love languages. And I hope that this helps you to navigate what your love language is with yourself, whether it's you spending more time with yourself, you know, and if your love language is physical touch, for example, having that time with yourself, having that self-intimacy physically is really a great way for you to reconnect with yourself or whether it's acts of service and doing something for yourself that you haven't done in a very long time or someone allowing someone to do it with you or for you or you doing it with someone or for someone else. These are all ways that we can help to deepen our connections and have a more well-rounded understanding of what our needs are in relationships. So I also think it's important to remember that when you're giving somebody their love language, think about them. It's not necessarily about you. Remember that you're providing someone's love language to them, not necessarily for you. So it's okay if you your partner has a completely different love language than you. You might have similar ones and they overlap, but remembering that that person is individual and their needs might be a little bit different than your needs, but 
trying to meet both of your needs at the same time, that's where that sweet spot is. It's also possible to experience all of these love languages in a relationship. Um, Learning who your partner is and exploring what theirs is, is how you're going to get to know them on a deeper level. And lastly, remember that relationships are complex. You don't need to compare your relationship to anyone else's because they're not you. They don't have the same circumstances or situations as you do. I think obviously there's a baseline of respect that should be in in all relationships and communication and trust. However, everybody's relationship is different. Um, And if you want to learn more about relationship um, in general, dating, situationships, all those things, we do have an episode on dating, relationships, and situationships. So I will link that in our show notes and have you check it out. But I hope that you have a beautiful Valentine's Day. Um, If you are spending this day alone. I'm sending you so much love. Do something nice for yourself. Do something lovely for yourself. And I hope that you have a beautiful lover's day and I will see you in the next episode. Stay soft. To stay connected, join Sadie Baddies on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and more, and sign up for our monthly newsletter on sadiebaddies.com to stay in the loop. Sending you hella love and stay soft, baddie.